Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Is your check engine light on? Don't ignore it. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today and let our professional parts people scan your vehicle for free. We'll retrieve the codes, discuss possible solutions, and even help you find a professional technician if needed. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today for our free check engine light help. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like, Jokic. your sitter. Wow. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am Zach Mikosh, DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to Nothing But Net Radio. It is 4 p.m. on another beautiful Saturday afternoon here in the Mile High City. Uh, If you haven't figured it out already, we are the one and only Denver Nuggets dedicated channel on, or show, I should say, on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. So, we are happy to have you along. Of course, we've got a ton to go through with the draft and then also with the Wilson Chandler news. That is going to eat up all of our time this this show and we'll have we'll struggle to get through all of it because with me today is of course the verbose Gordon Gross. Gordon, what's happening? I, I love that we're going to start like uh, you would get through it with someone else, but with me, yeah, best of luck to you, my friend. Best of There's luck. There's no way. There's no way. But we will try. No, I'd be, uh, and I, I didn't want to mean it as a bad thing, Gordon. I think you always bring great conversation. It's just, <laughs> we dawdle. There's no doubt about it. We we do. We do. We take circuitous routes to where exactly, we're going. Exactly. Exactly. I, like, if we end up, if we end up, like, talking about, you know, uh, Marcus Smart's free agency prospects, um, that that would not surprise me. It's not on the rundown, but it would not surprise it's me. It's not, but I'm sure I can weave it in somewhere. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, let's not waste any more time, man. Let's try and get right into it. So, of course, um, the Nuggets, they pick the, they make a splashy pick. Michael Porter Jr. falls to number 14. The Nuggets take him. Uh, Gordon, simplest question, are you happy with the pick? Uh, I am, yes. I it's such a strange pick because I did not expect it to happen. Um, and he is the riskiest guy in the lottery. Um, but at 14, if the Nuggets had moved up for, for Michael Porter Jr., I would have probably been upset right. because they would have had to give up assets and do other things for this kind of risk. But if he falls into your lap, uh, it's very, very hard to pass on a guy who literally could be the best player in the draft – if he stays healthy, right? That how do you pass that up? Uh, apparently, the other guy they were looking at was Jer uh, Smith, mm-hmm. and and I that's great. He's a he's a really good player, um, but has a more limited role right. on this kind of team. Whereas the sky is the limit for Porter Jr. with the playing next to Jokic and and uh, having a pair of guards who can do their business and. You know, even in the beginning of his career, starting off with Millsap, like there is, the, it's very hard to find a better situation for, uh, for Michael than this one, right. um, and I'm hoping that he's able to take advantage of it because if he can, man, he could be so great. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. I'm I'm with you 100. percent I'm I'm happy with the pick because here's the thing. Uh, I remember I was saying this amongst our writers uh, right before uh, right before Bridges Miles Bridges goes off the board at 12. At that time, I was still. A little on the fence because I was like, well, if Miles Bridges is there, you know that guy fits 
kind of perfectly, and, right. but, and there's no health issues. Granted, he doesn't have the ceiling uh, that Michael Porter Jr. does, but he was a safer pick, and I was like, and, and he'd still be a higher pick. floor, yeah, yeah. And, and a much higher floor. So you, um, I, I felt good about that. But when he goes off the board at 12, you know, uh, Mikhail Bridges, of course, goes off at 10. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander was off at what 11. You know, suddenly there wasn't a ton of options there so it what it really did come down to porter or smith um and 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 just like you said like uh, i mean smith's a nice player but he's not a guy who's gonna you look at and you're like man if that guy if that guy works out like suddenly you know we've got ourselves uh maybe the best player on the team or second best player on the team you know he's a guy who you look at as like okay he'll be a role player you know he'll he'll probably work well with Jokic. uh a good guy he'll be able to finish above the rim for them um, you know, be able to get out on the fast break and whatnot. But that was just it. It's not, you didn't look at him and be like, man, this guy could could be the guy that we give the ball to every single time down in a playoff game. You right. Know, and, and he'll be the one to get no, us no. a bucket. No, role player. Yeah. I expected at, at 14, I, I would always expect to right. get a role player. It's very hard to expect to get a star. Sometimes you look into, you know, stars at the end of the lottery or whatever. You know, sometimes you run into Giannis yeah. and you're like, woo. Right. You know, but it, it it's it's hard. It's it's not the most common thing to happen. It needs a deep draft usually. It needs um, some concerns from other teams, and this this draft had both of those right. things. You know, people were concerned about his back issue. You know, people were concerned about his um, I don't know um, motivation. Right. Um, it, he said everything right he when he got drafted. That, uh, I don't know if he if he practiced his speech like in front of a mirror, but he was like, "I am going to the right team. I like unselfish play. I just want to fit in. I'm really grateful to be here. I love Denver. Denver is the greatest." Right. Like it, uh, he was prepped, and maybe he's too prepped. But honestly, he said everything right. It's hard to fault somebody for rolling in the door on day one. And and just looking happy to be here, want to help the team out. Uh, basketball's easy for me, so let's go get healthy. Right. Yeah, and that that was that was my takeaway from that introductory press conference as well. Was like, wow, that is like. Uh, uh... It, I mean, you couldn't be any more. Uh, you couldn't be any more perfect with what he said. Now, what is that? Uh, I'm I'm trying to draw back a name of an old TV character who used to do that, and everybody said he's like the, it's Eddie something, but. Um, never mind. Uh, anyways, uh, but you know, like, uh, maybe you're like, you're right. Maybe he was just prepped for it. Maybe it's, it's all smoke, but like, who cares? Like, uh, right now, yeah, it's good smoke, right? man. Day one, it's right? good smoke. Exactly. Like, I mean, what Robert Williams couldn't show up for his own phone interview. So, <laughs> so, so he's still ahead of him. Um, yeah. yeah well, and, and to me, like the whole thing is just like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not that uh, – or it's it's too early to try and read into something one, one guy says. And, and the other thing too is a guy can be selfish. A guy can be about him and still be a great basketball player. Like, uh, I mean, it's not a great example to bring up, but we know Carmelo Anthony is all about Carmelo Anthony. He played a lot of really good basketball in Denver, you know, so. Well, and, and this and, – and honestly, that's, that's the level of player that I would expect um, Porter right. to be. Like a Carmelo Anthony, once in a generation scorer kind of player. And then you find out whether he can buy into the team concept in a way that Melo never did. Um, but he's not starting off as a savior of the team. Like Porter isn't isn't coming in here being like, see, you guys were the worst team in the league last year. Like he was um, in Denver. Right. But I am going to make you great. Everything I do will be perfect. That's not how this is going to go. Denver won 46 games and should have been a playoff team, which would have 50 games with a healthy Millsap. Like, this team is legit now. There are people here, young players who are established. And Porter, interestingly, may never be the best player on this team, depending on how you feel about Jokic. Right. So if, if that's the case, if he can take being part of a big three with, let's say, him, Murray, and Jokic and be fine with that, um, they have the chance to do something that uh, a team like Oklahoma City couldn't do when they couldn't keep Harden or they chose not to keep Harden, um, where you can build around that in a long-term situation as a big three for your team that you have drafted. Right. It could be spectacular. I mean he's 
when you're looking at a guy, Porter's floor is nothing because Porter's floor is I can't play because my back is broken. Right. Yep. Um, but his reasonable floor is Danilo Gallinari, who was terrific when he was right. healthy. Right. You know, not necessarily the best player on a championship squad, but could be the third best player on a championship right. squad. And but and the thing is too, and his ceiling is like Kevin Durant, right? Like I mean, his ceiling is ridiculous. Right. So his ceiling is unbelievably high. Like it, it you look at it, it when you tell talk about a guy who was talked about as the literally the top talent potentially two years in a row if healthy right. last year and this year and would be next year. Right. Also, probably the top talent. Like it's, he's the guy in these drafts. And now he wasn't he wasn't Durant level uh, at eighteen, but it's you watch him play and it's so easy right. for him, he's got man. That smoothness. To like it. he doesn't lie about the fact that that uh, basketball comes easy. Now I worry when he finally plays guys who are his size, who are his talent level, how he's going to do because it's never right. happened. But he played all these guys before. He beat. You know, Aiton. He fought all these guys in mm-hmm. in uh, you know all of their elite basketball right. he camps. Talked about playing with Jamal, and Murray he was still the best and, player. And, uh, Jason yeah. Tatum, you know, and all these great players. Yeah, no, he's he's and he was better than right. Jason Tatum. Like that's that's what you're thinking of. Like, is he Jason Tatum? Well, he might be. He and Jason Tatum share similar skill right. sets. I would not be unhappy at all if he turned out to be Jason yeah, Tatum. No doubt. Um, but when they played each other, he was right. better. Right. Porter, yeah. I mean. Like those are the things where the Nuggets need to take as long as it takes to get him healthy, to get him right, to get his biomechanics worked out so he's not doing the Danilo Gallinari galloping stomp that injures himself all the time. <laughs> like, you know, it, it, these are the times where you hire movement specialists, where you get a guy into um, elite um, physiotherapy stuff. Right. Like, don't mess around. Like, this is your investment. You saved – what? How much does his contract save over? Uh, is it like twelve million a year, eighteen million a year, or eighteen million yeah, total like that, that yep. he lost? Whatever he lost, you know, by not being a top three pick and going to fourteen, that's fine. Pretend you traded up for him and you were going to pay him that, and go invest ten million dollars in keeping him healthy. It's important. Go do that. Um, literally, the most important thing you can do for Porter is is to um, create a base for him to work off of. That allows him to be healthy for a decade. Yep. Yeah, absolutely, um, and, and that's you know, I mean, that's that's essentially what they have to do to make a payoff. Um, so I guess let me ask you this: how how concerned about his injury are you? Because this, uh, you know, I I saw uh, who was it? it was the uh, the injury insight, which is a great website, um, did a whole did a yes. whole article on his uh, his particular injury, and when you read through it. You know, it sounds like okay. This year, he's probably not. You know, not going to be. Uh, it's going to take him this whole season to get back to full strength. It's not that he is still injured, but that the rehab and recovery um, from the from the the surgery and the injury in general uh, will take a full year before he's finally back to. Uh, he's real rebuilt that strength. Um, so, it, to me, with the Nuggets, they're they're in such a perfect position because. Honestly, if he doesn't play a game, they're still going to compete for the playoffs. Um, yep. So, like you know, you can take your time. You're not you're not a team like the Kings, who are rumored to even be interested in him as as early as Monday. Uh, they were rumored to be interested in him going, taking him second. You know, but the Kings, they they need to turn. Well, it and around. according to him, yeah, you know, right, yeah. The King, the Kings are in a the Kings are on a huge um, advanced time schedule. They've been. You can't keep selling your team on five years right, from now. Right. You know, you've got to sell your fan base on now at some point. Right. Um, which is probably why they did not take Porter. Right. Because they couldn't wait the year or two for him to be what they wanted right. him they to be. They already did that last year with Harry Giles, so it's like, well. Yeah, yeah, right. It's it's very hard. Uh, you would think it'd be easier in the in the process era to go ahead and sell your fan base on the fact they're taking the best player and let him sit out a right. year. But it's it's still a tough sell. When you've been as incompetent as the Kings for as long as the Kings have been incompetent, right. um, but it's but for Porter, like, look, the Nuggets can absolutely sit him the year. I do not expect I them to. Either. I know people do. People on our staff expect right. them to. Uh, Adam is on record as saying he expects him to sit out the year. Um, I, I mean, we're we're really early in the process, and he got the surgery on his back done way later than he should right. have because he thought it was just not as big a deal and they just wanted to not go the surgery route 
and see if it would just heal on its own. And that's – by the way, that's not uncommon with back surgeries and back right. injuries. Um, when you have an issue with um, – uh, with a disc, uh, sometimes the herniations do scar themselves over without you having to go in and do surgery. Right. And so there will be times when rest, rehab, stretching, and taking care of your back, all you need to do is hit some steroid shots and just wait, and it will take care of itself. And then sometimes it won't. So it's not necessarily that they were careless with it, but he definitely wanted to wait, play the year, and take his one and done and get into the pro ball. Um and and it didn't work out the way that he wanted, so he played barely any. But you saw him come back. People who questioned his um, his toughness surprised me a little bit in the fact that the guy worked hard to get back onto the court before he should have been on the court. And I don't know why he I don't know why he played at all in college. I would have sat it out and just left my medicals and done my workouts, played against a chair. Like you know he'll he'll look fine in a gym at half speed. Right. Yep. Yeah, that was well. I think on that, it, for him, it was almost you know he knew his draft stock was slipping, um, and it, so he was hoping that if he could get back and, and and have a good tournament, and of course Missouri flames out uh, right away. But if he had had a good tournament, you know maybe that would have put him. I right. think put him back into the uh, into the conversation for that top pick. So I think maybe maybe I mean that, I'm just I'm just speculating here, but um, that that's what I'm thinking was his thought process and why he. Uh, why he went went that direction, but uh, it didn't work out for him. Like you know, said, it didn't work out for him. No, it, and it didn't. But well, it worked out yeah. for Denver. Denver's okay. Yeah, with no, it. yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And again, it's a big swing. Like it could absolutely miss. He could be nothing. But you know what? So could anybody else at fourteen. Most picks at fourteen are nothing. Like I don't. People being upset that that the Nuggets picked an injured player is weird to me. Most of those people seem to be from New York. Um, I won't lie. On my Twitter feed, it's mostly New Yorkers who are mad at uh, Michael Porter and saying he's a bum now because their team didn't draft <laughs> right. him when they were begging in the draft for them to pick him, and they went with Knox right, instead. Right. Yeah. No. It. Um, yeah, it's just funny to that. But like, uh, but I, I want to get back to what you were saying there about like how how you expect him to play uh, this season, and I, and I agree because here's the thing: from what I've been reading, and again, I'm no expert. Uh, you're way more of an expert than I am, but. Uh, from what you know, from what you read about the injury at this point, what seems like it's going to be best for him is to slowly bring him back along uh, to the point where he can get game exactly. action, and not a ton of game action, but some because that's the ultimate. That's nope. what you've got to simulate, right? Like, yes, and you can't do it in practice, right. man. Like the the thing with this is that I would consider this to be not like Joel Embiid missing the year with a foot injury, but this would be Joel Embiid. Mostly healthy, hasn't played basketball in a year um, on a minutes restriction. And so you're looking at won't play back to backs, can't play more than, you know, 15 minutes a night to start. Like he's hard capped at 25 minutes. You know, you're you're making sure that he doesn't play three games in four nights. You know, it's you you won't do that. Like you want Porter to get in the game and play his 10 minutes. You want him to work off the bench. You want him to get back to game speed because you can't simulate game speed and you don't want his first game in the NBA to be his first basketball game in two years. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That you're setting him up for failure. Um, yes. If you do you that. can't, you can't just chuck him in the starting lineup. Like after not playing basketball for two years and wonder what's going to happen to him. You want to work him in. I would expect them to like, wait, he won't start the season there. He'll be they'll be making sure that, you know, everything is smooth, everything is right. His conditioning is good. I mean, he's playing at altitude anyway. Um so it, you can you but you can drop him in in December, you know, you can uh maybe January um work him out of the the small forward spot off the bench. Um, you know, get him some minutes next to Jokic. You can, you know, work him into the flow, get him to understand what's happening with the Nuggets because I guarantee you he has never played the kind of basketball that the Nuggets oh, play. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. He's used to being a guy who basically gets the ball in the wing, everybody gets out of the way, and, and yep. let him play. Yeah, yeah. Bro. Yeah, he's he's used to, I am the ISO player, I am the transition player, I may, in fact, be the ball handler on the way up because I'm not giving the ball to anybody because I am as good as every all the other players in this court combined, and so people have passed me the ball, and it's my job to score. And what he's going to have to understand is moving without the ball and, um, you know, back cuts and setting screens and being unselfish with the ball. And when he gets the ball, score it. Look, man, the Nuggets need a guy uh, other than Jamal Murray. 
um, who's willing to look at the clock. There's three seconds left. I'm not going to pass this ball. This is my shot. Like, you know, I don't care if uh, there's two guys and I'm falling backwards. You know, don't worry about it. But I would expect the Nuggets to tell him not to dunk. I would expect the Nuggets to tell him, you know, you do layups. Mm -hmm. You can dunk next year. You know, Mm -hmm. I want you to follow the Nikola Jokic example of not (laughs) dunking. Exactly. You are not allowed to jump over a newspaper. That's pretty much. Exactly. That's where we're at at with this. But it'll be it should be great. Like I, I, I would expect them to spend the year working him in because it doesn't hurt them because their bench was so atrocious last year. That uh, any like working in uh, Michael Porter Jr. for ten minutes is still better than whatever they had last year as the option. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one thing I was looking through in the, that article that they mentioned, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a quick little bit of trivia here. Um, Michael Porter Jr. won the Gatorade Boys Player of the Year uh, his senior year. He won the Naismith Prep Player of the Year his senior year, and he won the McDonald's All-American Game MVP his senior year of high school. Do you know the last two players to do that? Uh, no, I do. Uh, it last time happened was in 2004 with Dwight Howard, and then it happened that makes the sense. year before that in 2003 with LeBron James. Those are the last two to do it. So, yep. that if you're using that as a as a as a measure, uh, he's in when, when I company. say he was the best high school player. Yeah, when I say he was the best high school player for several years, I'm not kidding. Now that doesn't mean he's going to be the best. Uh, NBA player Quincy Miller was the number one rated like prospect in in high school one <laughs> right. year. Like let's let's calm down about how much high school translates to the pros. Right. And we saw a number of high school great high school players bomb out in the NBA back when high school players could come directly to the NBA. Yep, absolutely. Uh, but but if high school players could come directly to the NBA, Michael Porter Jr. would have been a top two pick last right, year. Right. Well, so here let me give you the list of the of the Gatorade Player of the Year going back back to LeBron. So we have Michael Porter Jr. in 2017. Then it was Jason yep. Tatum, Ben Simmons, Carl right. Anthony Towns, oh. Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker, Bradley Beal, uh, Brandon Knight twice, Drew Holiday, Kevin Love, Greg Oden twice. Dwight Howard, and then LeBron James twice. Every single one of those guys, now some of them got derailed by injuries, which maybe that happens to Michael Porter Jr., but every single one of those guys is not only an NBA player, but was billed to be a very good NBA player. And many of them, I mean, we're talking about some of the best best young talents when you talk about guys like Ben Simmons and and Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, And then LeBron James, obviously, we know what he did. Dwight Howard, granted, he's fallen off a cliff but he was amazing right for a long time kevin love i mean these are these are really really good players so for him to be in that company uh man it's it's exciting you know like i said if he can get right um if he can get right i think it it, uh it changes it changes denver's outlook entirely their ceiling what what happened last night was rather than reinforcing their floor which is what i expected them to do by grabbing a three and d wing or guard like, you know, somebody who can pass the ball a little, defend, right. um, hopefully multiple positions, has a little length, you know, looking for some guy maybe off the bench to play 20 minutes. You know, it, it, you're looking in 14 and you're like, well, what can we get to help the players we already have? What can we get to help the core? I wasn't expecting to add to the core. Right. And this is one of those add to the core, add to the ceiling kind of moves where if it works – the Nuggets just, you know, threw some jet fuel in there, afterburners there, and it, it they can do incredible things if it right. works. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, if it works, I honestly think if it works, they're they're a team who will compete to, uh, for finals and will compete for championships. Because the thing is, Michael Porter Jr. Granted, he's not that the defensive stalwart, though he has certainly has the physical tools to be at small forward, um, but. Granted, he's not that, which I think everybody was looking at. This is the biggest hole you need to fill, right, is your perimeter right. defense. Yep. But he fills a different hole for the Nuggets that they have that I think that we isn't as exposed yet because they haven't been in the playoffs. But that's – you, Nikola Jokic, I don't want to say Nikola's offense is gimmicky because I don't think that's – that. I think that's underselling what Nikola does. But it's it's so unique and it and it runs in such a way that like if you can figure out okay if you've got seven games or so to focus on it like you can probably figure out a way to take away uh, a lot of what Nikola does a lot of what people are doing off ball when Nikola has it to really kind of you know mitigate what what the Nuggets do on offense 
Michael Porter Jr. is the guy you give the ball on the wing and say, get me a bucket, and he will do it for you. There's no defense for that, you know what I mean? There's no defense for Kevin Durant when he wants to score a bucket. There's there's no defense for, for any great scorer when he wants to score a bucket and when he's got it going. That's what Michael Porter Jr. gives them, and they're going to need that in the playoffs. They're going to need that guy to carry them. Um, and win them games. I don't think they had that guy on their roster before, and now I think they do. So to me, if he's right, if he works out, you're talking about a guy who pretty much uh, makes this team into a team who, when the Warriors are starting to kind of decline and, and get past their prime, the Nuggets might be the next team uh, to take over and be the next you know, quote-unquote super team uh, to, to, to chase championships. Well, and honestly, like... When you look at a team like uh, Minnesota, who's going to be a competitor with the Nuggets for right. years, the thing that they're missing, they have Andrew Wiggins, who should be, should be that guy, right? That guy, but isn't that guy. Um, what you're looking at is is trying to get a player who is big enough that he's a mismatch problem, who is um, a good enough shooter that you have to cover him so he can drive by you who can drive by you if you cover him close enough because he's such a good shooter. Um, you want a guy who wants the ball, who wants to be a killer, who desires to you know, put a team on his back, uh, but doesn't have to. Um, Jokic will find you. The fun part about this is if you try to – is if Porter works out the way that he should and becomes some sort of um, basketball-aware Carmelo Anthony with some humility – um, you've got a guy that who can be your go-to scorer, who can score from every level of the of the court, um, who rebounds. Like Michael Porter Jr. was fine as a rebounder. He's a big man, but he didn't. He, he's not boxed out like some other um, big wings. Um, and you've got Jokic who can shoot. Um, has the most some of the best touch I've ever seen on a on a guy who looks as big and clumsy as he looks. His touch is unbelievable, um, and who can score and who showed in the last you know ten games or so of this year that he can put a team on his back, um, but doesn't have to. If he doesn't have to, he would rather pass the ball to Porter. The Nuggets are set up so that now you have a guy who can just throw dagger threes. Um, you have a center who can pass the ball and score the ball and do a number of things. You have the three-level small forward um, who likes being a scorer, you're setting yourself up to be something like Boston's big three um, with Kevin Durant, who keeps coming up in um, Nikola Jokic comps if you look at offensive numbers. Let's not talk defense. <laughs> if you're looking at offensive, uh, at offensive skill sets and variety in rebounding, scoring, and assists, the guy who pops up is Kevin Durant. Right. Um, oh, not Kevin Durant. Sorry, uh, Kevin right. Garnett. I don't know what I was thinking there. <laughs> I was wondering. So, I was going to let you go with it, though. So. No, no, no. Kevin no, Kevin Garnett. So KG. Uh, and, you know, that, that was his game. And then you put that next to a guy like Paul Pierce. Well, you know who fits the Paul Pierce role really well, but taller? Porter Jr. Well, that would be Michael Porter Jr. You know who can be your killer from outside? Well, all of a sudden you've got Jamal Murray, you know, uh, in the uh, in the Ray um, Allen right, right, bracket. Right. You know, you're setting yourself up for that, and and that's a really good look because before they didn't have anybody at small forward. Right. Tory Craig was their best small forward, right. and and that's that's not going to work in this sort of scenario. No, yeah, yeah, and even when they were looking at a guy like a Miles Bridges, you know, you're figuring, okay, that guy's going to be the fifth best starter on on the team, and, and, and you're like, and that's fine, yes. and because what he'll do, the role he'll play, is something the Nuggets need. But, you know, like I said, right. Michael Porter Jr. might, might be, and this is no disrespect to Nicole Jokic, but Michael Porter Jr., if he works out, if he hits the ceiling, will probably be the best player on the Nuggets. So, like, you have to, you have to, I don't know, like, you had to take that swing, uh, in my ideas. You had right? to take it. Because if you have this chance you to, to you ha it's a chance to, like, I fully believe it is a chance to make your team a title contender. Uh, if it works out, if it if it works, your team is a title contender. If it doesn't work, you're not any worse off than you were if you had just yeah, blown the exactly. pick like it's you did a last year. Pick. It's, you want to always yeah. you always want to have successful draft picks, but you're going to blow picks. It happens, and so if you blow it, you blow it. Yeah, yeah. At least this time you blew it, taking a chance, taking a swing at a home run instead of last year you Correct. blew it because you just kind of bungled the thing, right? So exactly, that's. 
It's a calculated risk. It's a risk, but it's a calculated risk. And if the calculation worked out, Denver ceiling is massive. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. All right, tell you what I'm going to do. Let's go ahead. Let's take. A, let's hit the break right now. Uh, and then when yep. we come back, I want to talk about uh, the other two Nuggets draft picks, uh, Jared Vanderbilt and Thomas Welsh, aka Welshy. Uh, and then yep. um, I think after that, we probably will. We might get a quick thoughts on some other teams in the trade uh, in the draft maybe not and then we will uh we got to get to wilson chandler and he of course uh, of course the day after the draft he opted in uh, I, I think you could see could have seen that coming a mile away if he if you thought he was gonna yep. opt in uh it was he was naturally gonna wait till after the draft to do it uh but he opts in i want to get to that and talk about how that that uh impacts the nuggets so let's hit a break and we'll be right back We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Welcome back into the Pickaxe Pundit Show. Zach Nikosh, Gordon Gross. We have spent the whole first half of the show talking Michael Porter Jr. and why not. Um, one more thought on Michael Porter Jr. Um, Gordon, I want to say, like, is he the... And I don't know, like, who is the last pick the Nuggets had to have this much excitement? Is it Emmanuel Moutier? Is it Jamal Murray? Or do you have to look further back to, like, Carmelo? That's, and that's kind of where I get to because you now that's that it could be because it's a surprise pick. Right. Um, you know, at seven you were like, well, Moutier is great, but I don't know anything about Moutier. Right. Like, you know, at seven you took Jamal Murray and you're like, well, him or Buddy Heald would probably be about as good as each other eventually. Right. You know, when you're in the draft, you don't know they're they're middle they're middle of the draft kind of guys, and those were considered to be somewhat shallow drafts. Right. Yep. No, this is a deep draft, and you got maybe the best player in it uh, if it works out. And so the amount of of reaction around Denver is partly surprised that they could get a guy that's been talked about that boldly. I mean, the the national media is going insane about Denver picked the best player, right. Denver this, Denver that. Here's Michael Porter in Denver. The last time they had a guy who commanded that kind of light in Denver was mellow. was was yeah. mellow when he was yeah, drafted. That's a good point. That's a good point. I would agree. I, I I think a little bit, not so much about Murray, because I think, um, like you said, with Murray, it was like, well, Hammer healed. I think uh, there was... Uh, there was like an expectation he's really going to help their shooting. He could be, um, he could do a lot for them. But I don't think there was any expectation this guy might, uh, you know, this guy might be the the absolute best player on the team. Uh, you have nobody thought he was the best player in that right, draft. Yep, yep, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Moody, a, a little bit Moody. I think there was a, Moody was kind of similar in that he was this uh, really highly touted high school prospect, and then for uh, a various number of reasons, kind of slipped a little. But again. Nobody was thinking Moutier was the best player in that draft either. I mean, there was an outside shot you thought of, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't like this. So I, I agree. I think I think Michael Porter Jr. probably the most exciting pick the Nuggets have had um, since since Carmelo Anthony. 
Let's move on to the other two guys, though. So let's start first with Jared Vanderbilt uh, from Kentucky. Now, so Jared, I am hyped for Jared Vanderbilt. I, I am not hyped. only not only are you hyped though. It sounded like from everything that I've heard, um, rumors and whispers and and whatnot, uh, the Nuggets they do this almost every year in the second round. They pick a guy, uh, and it was a couple years ago. It was actually first round. It was Wancho, but they find a guy and they're like, "This is the guy we want. This is the guy that we we know we have to have." We're going to go out and get him. Um, this year, it's Jared Vanderbilt that, that seemed like they were very, very high on him, very excited. Of course, Vanderbilt, like Porter, uh, dealing with an injury, a foot injury, right? He was uh, he actually came to his press conference yep. on a cart, which is always a little scary to see, but um, typical typical for a person who goes through a foot or ankle surgery to to be on a cart for a while. So, um, all right, Gordon, give me let me let me know why you're so high on Jared Vanderbilt. Look, first off, all the draft models love Jared Vanderbilt, like, which is hilarious to me because he only played, what, 14 games in college. Um, but his rebounding is insanely off the charts. Um, he doesn't look like he's a really thick guy. He's a very rangy four. But because he's a rangy four, that guy can play defense. Um, he plays perimeter defense. He can play interior defense. He's a tough kid. Um, he can block shots. He can grab rebounds. He can lead the break. The guy played point forward in high school. He knows how to pass. He passes in traffic. He pays attention. Rather than dunking, he may give a pass for a layup. He fits perfectly in Denver as a guy who – he doesn't have a shot, like, but his shot's not broken. Right. You could see him in basketball camps you know, hitting long-distance shots. Um, if you give him a couple of years – if you give him, you know, the year to recover from the foot problem and the year to get his shot together, uh, he could be an unbelievably great pick. Right. I mean, the Nuggets could have two of the top ten players in this draft that they just picked up. Um, I I adore Vanderbilt. I love the way he plays defense. He's a high motor. If you like the way Kenneth Fareed plays uh, with his motor, you will love. Then Vanderbilt's your guy, except Vanderbilt he can also play D, defense right, and pass. Yeah. That's yeah. That's the because I, I, I've seen that too. A lot of people are like, oh, why are we? You know, Jared Vanderbilt. It's just another another kind of three. But the difference is Jared Vanderbilt could be a very good defender. Um, whereas, yes. whereas we know everything that, that Jokic is not. He can move his feet on the perimeter. He can he can go out there and defend small forwards, guards. He doesn't right, care. Right. Like you know, he he probably can't hold up against point guards, but he will he will get out there to block a shot. You know, it's it, those are the things that that he is great at. And again, like I said, has no problem um, leading the break, has no problem finishing the break. Um, is is happy to hang out in a short corner the way that, that the Nuggets love Fareed to. Jared Vanderbilt is. I can absolutely understand why the Nuggets wanted him. Um, just one of those players. Again, if it works out. You locked down your power forward defensive position. Right, right. Is he going to start? Well, he could because the Nuggets, now that they have Porter with all the shots he's going to take and Murray with all the shots he's going to take and Gary Harris with the shots he's going to take and Jokic needing to take more shots, you at least need one guy who doesn't need to shoot. If he can shoot, that's great. But you need somebody who is not like, I'm going to put up 15 shots a game because he's not going to get them. Well, Jared Vanderbilt wants to do everything else. Let's pass, let's dunk, let's finish, let's defend, let's block. You know, um, and if I'm wide open for a three, I'll probably right. take it. You know, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm wide open for the free throw stripe, I'll probably be like, oh, I'll chuck and it up. He's got, the, but he's that's got it. the perfect guy to learn from now with Paul Millsap in, in tow, right? Like, that's exactly you know, right. That's, that's a yep. guy who Millsap's going to show him because, you know, Vanderbilt's six foot nine. He's not overwhelmingly tall. Um, Correct. but Millsap's going to be like, look, dude, I'm six, nine, two. Uh, and you know, I can show you how you can be an elite defender in the NBA. Um, just, just based off of everything else you can do. And you, man, you, you look at yep. pictures of Vanderbilt and it's like, I would not want to play that guy one-on-one. Like I would not want him defending me. That would be, um, that would be, uh, a scary proposition. And then. Michael Porter Jr. said that that the guy he didn't want to play in uh, in the basketball camps was Jared right, Vanderbilt. Right. I was just gonna say that. He said that guy irritates me. Basically, right. uh, he's uh, he's a guy who's and and who knows maybe he's saying that because he you know it he knows be, the right it, thing it, to again, say right <laughs> but, right yeah but um, but still yeah I like to pick a lot I think uh, again it's another uh, risk kind of reward proposal because he has I mean you know he had he had a foot and an ankle injury um, so you you got you wonder. 
you wonder how uh, how well he'll come back. But again, another player that you have time. I mean, Vanderbilt, especially being a second-round pick, uh, the Nuggets might, uh, in all likelihood, probably get him on a two-way deal. Um, and I'm not sure if they will. Like, it's I would honestly expect them to um, try to lock him up to a longer-term deal, since they know the first year is probably just going to be rehab and a little G League right, time. That's true. So, do you think Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt more than Porter, I think, is going to stick yeah, because to like, they probably want to keep him up at the NBA level with their medical staff. Um, yes, correct. That makes sense. Yeah, his foot injury, he probably won't even be able to play till December as opposed to Porter who should be able to practice all the time. He won't you won't be talking about him getting real court time until the season has started. Right. Uh, Vanderbilt, right. I mean. And so you you're going to want to take it slow with him. You're going to need him to um to be able to fully recover from his foot injury. Uh you don't mess around with with broken feet in the NBA. Nope. Like yes. uh, guys who've missed time. Now is where you're talking about getting to get back into a um, into a sort of Embiid situation right. where you let your big man's foot heal up completely and then you talk about what he's going yep. to do. So yeah, I don't expect Vanderbilt to do much this year, certainly not in the yeah. NBA. Um, if it's anything, it'll be rehab in the G League, uh, f- uh, like second half of the G League season right. maybe. Um, but but no, this is so this is a guy they buy, I would expect them to sign to a longer than two-year standard contract right. um, and get him for something like Jokic had where you give him like a you know, back of the first round, four year, you know, one point or two million a year kind right, of deal. Yeah. I could see that. That I mean, the, the issue the Nuggets will have um, is just roster space. They they have now two because they uh, they draft. They had three uh, open roster spots uh, heading into the off season with with Will Barton, Devin Harris, and Richard Jefferson being free agents. Uh, now uh, Michael Porter Jr. obviously takes one of those spots. So you have two spots available. Well, what do you want to do with Torrey Craig, who did not count for one of your main roster spots because he was on a two-way contract? Uh, right. Do you want to try and... I mean, well, everything is in, indicated that the Nuggets want to bring Will Barton back. Um, so there's there's your two other spots right there if you go that direction and now you're out. So, uh, But... They, they have to move yeah, players. I'm not right. going to lie to you. They need to move players and not take players back. They need some two-for-one deals. They need to include a draft pick. They have got to free up probably three they've spots. Got to, well, and they've got like, to free up they, at least about fifteen million dollars as well, especially if they plan on re-signing. Exactly. Um, no, they they have some they have some work that they have to do. Like it is, uh, and honestly, for their for their two way contracts, I they got they actually added Kendrick Williams to their summer league roster. If you've never seen him play, he is he's an older player. He's like I think twenty four. Um, I don't care. Tory Craig was twenty six and he was just fine. Like Kendrick Williams is the kind of player that you want in your summer league squad because he can step in. He's he's played a bunch. He's seen everything in college, and you can get him to understand his role playing in in the pros. So I would expect, I I if I'm you know trying to predict, I would say Welsh gets one of the two ways, and uh, Kendrick Williams gets the other one. And so you're going to need real roster spots for players like Monte Morris. You're going to need them for. For yeah, yeah, for Vanderbilt. So y- you need to move some guys, and they didn't do it on draft day. And I get it because you had this really strange scenario happen where you could get two huge upside guys, and so you took it. And I love that they took it rather than worrying about money. Now's your time to worry about slots and money. You have to go clear out some stuff. Right, yep, absolutely, absolutely. And it's it's more about even the slots right now than it is the money because you've got until you've got until the end of the season to get. Under, yeah, to get under yep. that luxury tax line. So you can wait till the trade deadline and try and, and move some of your expiring deals uh, to do the accomplish that. But you've got to free up the slots now. Uh, so you're, you're kind of you're kind of hamstrung there, um, which will be interesting to see how they navigate that. Real quick, Gordon, any thoughts on uh, Thomas Welsh? Uh, he looks like a Zeller brother, and I'm not sure that he's going to be more than an eight minutes off the bench kind of guy. But Denver could use an eight to ten minutes off the bench yeah, center. Absolutely. So, like in at least a couple of years, they could. So we'll we'll see how that winds up yeah. going. Um, but yeah, I, he's one of those guys that you just see how he develops. Like he didn't have a three point shot until twelve months ago. Right. So now and then he was fine with it this year. So <laughs> let's let's see what he's got. Let's see what kind of development he's looking at, and uh, maybe he can be, you know, an off bench stretch right. five. Uh, 
that helps you out in certain situations. Certain right, matches. his ceiling is Nikola Jokic's backup. I mean, that's that's what you're hoping he becomes. Yes, that is you know, the guy who who you can pay less than fourteen million dollars to play twelve Correct. to fifteen minutes a game, backing up Nikola Jokic. That's <laughs> exactly that's what you're hoping. That's what you want. Yeah. And and it and it works out with the timeline with where Mason Plumlee's contract is at. He's got two more years on his deal, Ugh. but um, uh, yep. you know by that time you would say okay, hopefully if if, if it's going to work out with Thomas Welsh in three seasons from now, you're hoping that's when he's he's cracked your rotation. So it it works out perfect. Um, all right, let's move on from the draft now to the uh, the last topic I want to get to of the of the show, which is of course so we get the news yesterday. Uh, Wilson Chandler opts in. I now, so I was one of the people who who was kind of fifty fifty on it. I thought I, I honestly question whether how much Wilson Chandler really wants to stay in Denver when it seems obviously clear that he would be coming back for one season, especially after they draft Michael Porter Jr. Um, that being said, nobody else is going to pay him twelve plus million dollars uh, a season. So uh, my thought was, well, well, if he can lock in a two three year deal uh, at eight million, you know, at a, at a mid level exception kind of money. He still right. ends up guaranteeing himself more money uh, than what he's getting from the Nuggets. And at age 32, that's probably more important, especially a guy who has had hip issues in the past. He doesn't go that way, though. Like I said, I thought it was 50-50. He ends up um, opting in. I did think if he was going to do it, he would, of course, wait till after the draft because, Absolutely. you know, then... Yeah, if the Nuggets had a trade for him, they would have to get him to clear it first. Otherwise, he could just opt out. So uh, it makes perfect sense that he does does it yesterday. He probably had decided that he was going to opt in uh, several weeks ago and then just, you know, kept kept that uh, essentially what would be a no trade clause uh, during the draft. Uh, So that's why he waits to opt in. Uh, until yesterday, um, this is so we kind of talked about this, this puts the pressure on the Nuggets, especially if they want to re-sign Will Barton. Because if you re-sign Will Barton with Wilson Chandler, which they can do, they have Will Barton's bird rights. They're not, um, and, and yep. you can re-sign a guy. It is logistically right? possible. You can re-sign yeah. a guy with his bird rights and not be subject to the tax apron. Um, but if they do that, their their total bill, salaries and luxury tax, will exceed two hundred million dollars. Uh, so essentially double, it'll be more than double what the salary cap is. Um, that's a tough pill to swallow for a team. That's not the golden state warriors. Uh, how do you no, I mean, Gordon, how do they, how do the, what do the nuggets got to do? I mean, is it just as simple as like, do we now, okay, now we pay a first rounder to get rid of Kenneth Fareed or, uh, I'll pay a, a second rounder or a, or a swap of firsts to get rid of, to move on from Darrell Arthur. I mean, what, what's the plan here? That's what I would expect because I would expect Denver now, especially if they decide they want to re-sign Will Barton. Mm-hmm. I think Will's a tough fit with Michael Porter if you believe that Porter's going to um, be healthy and play the three next year because it squeezes um, your potential room for Barton who A, wants to be a starter. He's, he's expressed right. that. And B – um, his job, his positions are point guard, are, are guard, um, and forward. While well, you're you're clogging that up, um, because if he's not going to be your point guard, and I don't think no. he should be off the bench, then he needs to play the two. Well, the person playing the two off the bench is either Murray or Harris next to a point guard off the bench. Right. You know, so now you're looking at okay, well now he needs to play the three. Okay, well at the three you're going to need a defender because Porter Jr. is many things, but he's not a defender yet. Um, you will need somebody who can defend the three. Well, that's not Will Barton. So now you're you're squeezing your uh, your Will Barton room and your Will Barton role, and that's not what he's looking for if he's going to get no. paid. But if they really want him back and they, they've decided this is something we have to have, we just have to have Will Barton. And again, I know why. Will's, Will's a great guy. He's a great mm-hmm. player. He wants to be a um, he, yes, he loves Denver, and it's hard for Denver to find players who want to be mm-hmm. in Denver. Uh, although I would think it would be easier once you have Jokic and Porter and all this working right. out. Um, but if, if they decide they need to do that, and then they have to – in order to move somebody like Wilson Chandler or Kenneth Fareed, you're going to have to include picks. I expect next year's first to go with Kenneth Fareed. Yeah, like lottery protected. Um, I would, I would expect they, they, they put yes. that protection. lottery protected. Like you know, maybe even you know, it could top, be top right. 20 protected. Right. I don't know. But, like, yeah, I would expect that pick to go because they are planning on being a 50-win team next mm-hmm. year. 
and they don't need the number 22nd pick in the draft mm-hmm. as much as they need to not pay $30 million, you know, um, extra in luxury tax and, yeah. and just, ridiculousness. Just of- so I expect to move the first. I expect to move perhaps Malik Beasley mm-hmm. um, to get off of Darrell right. Arthur. Right. Darrell's contract's not that big. Or to get uh, off a guy like Wilson Chandler, but, because Wilson Chandler, granted, he's owed $12 million, but Wilson Chandler could start. You know, He can yeah, still play. Exactly. And, and yeah. Kenneth Reed can still play, but there's there's more question there with Fareed. You're like, well, I don't know where this guy would fit. You know, And even still, you're probably like, okay, this is a guy off the bench, where there are teams uh, out there who they've got a hole at small forward. They could look at Wilson Chandler and be like, yeah, it's, it's a little expensive, but it's not that expensive for a starting right. small forward. And Wilson Chandler, you know, can start. For your team, we saw it, especially after the trade deadline last year. Uh, we saw what Wilson Chandler could do as a starting small forward. Like he's he's perfectly capable of doing that, doing that role. So I, I yeah, I don't know that you I have to attach a big agree. pick to get off of him as you do like a Kenneth Fareed. Agreed. I would I would expect to move Fareed because Fareed's never getting yeah. done. Oh yeah, you you Fareed is done with Denver. And, and, and we were talking about you, you can wait till the trade deadline. You don't want that situation to no. become toxic. So you cannot wait for the trade deadline for Fareed specifically. Right. You have to move him this year, uh, and I mean this summer. You cannot, you cannot go into the season with Kenneth Freed still not getting any playing, still not time. showing up on the bench, still not Correct. there at media day. Yeah, the the whole fiasco no. of last year. You don't really want to do it. Again. No, you you cannot do that. Not with all these young players around. Not with the situation that you're setting yourself right. up for. Um, if Wilson Chandler wants to opt in, personally for me, uh, Wilson Chandler opting in is actually kind of perfect for timing in the fact that he'll be here for this year and Michael Porter Jr. can work out with him and learn from him. They're both they're both vegan, by the way. So so like Wilson Chandler can help explain to him how you keep your frame correct with a vegan Mm -hmm. diet. Best vegan restaurants, you know, like, yeah, yeah. To show each other around. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with having Wilson Chandler as your mm-hmm. as your mentor. He may not ever talk to you, <laughs> right. but you know it's. Or he may talk to you about weird off the wall stuff, not really basketball, but. Right, but, but that way, and then after this year, Wilson Chandler would leave. Michael Porter Jr. would have the starting role, and you just need a backup small mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not paying Will Barton, you know, well, fourteen million a year. Yeah, to be your backup. Yeah, I, I say, and that's that's the thing. The interesting part of it is because with Will Barton, I mean, they could still bring back Will Barton if you can get off of Fareed and Darrell Arthur. You can bring back Will Barton. You're that's that's twenty that's right. million. So you're yeah. even if you bring back for uh, Will Barton for fourteen million, which which would be an overpay. Um, I think I think you go back. If it's me, I go back to Will Barton with the same deal I had uh, for him at the beginning of the season, ten and a half. You know, a year. Four years, forty. Do you go forty? Go, go three. I, oh, I'd, I'd go. Th- I'd try and go for three. But uh, man, the thing that sucks about it is like I want Will Barton to get paid, dude. Like he's he's paid his dues. He has been on shitty contracts his entire career. For his whole his whole career, he needs to right, get money. Right. That guy deserves to be paid. Some of the people in this league making money are way worse players right, than Will and Barton. have been go for several get seasons. your money. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um. But uh, you know, I, you could still save anywhere from from eight to ten million dollars uh, this year if you can get off of Fareed and Arthur, um, and and you re-sign Will Barton for ten, twelve million, whatever it is. Uh, I, I I'm okay with that. The thing though, like you said, is it, because you have Porter now, it makes it a little bit tricky because if Porter works out, Will Barton, a guy who wants to start, a guy who could start for a lot of teams, probably not going to ever start for the Nuggets. You know, so. That's and you're gonna pay him in excess of ten million dollars to come off the bench. Now, granted, he's still a guy who will get twenty five, thirty minutes a game off the bench, um, right? But it's it's a trickier situation. It's not ideal, and it, it you worry that it's another Mason Plumlee situation all over again. And it forces you it forces you to be really really um, inventive with your rotations. Right. And if there's one complaint that I have about <laughs> Michael Malone, it's the fact. It's the fact that his rotations leave a lot to be desired. Oh, so you have more than one um, complaint about, Michael and part of that is we won't get into that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I have more than one, but but that's that that's would be for one. another show. Um, right. Uh, I don't think he likes his rotations to be small and well right, understood, right. and he's not a fan of well, if this guy's on the court, I have to move this other guy off with him in concert. I can't leave this guy on the court for more than two minutes without that other guy. Right. He doesn't like a bunch of if-thens. He's like, look, I want my starters. I want my rotation. I want my stuff to work the way I want it to yep. work. And Will Barton 
needing to play with some people, without some people, kind of has the ball in his hands, but maybe he could play off ball. There's no need for that kind of gray area uh, with a team as deep as Denver. Denver's depth was useless last year, other than in injury return in, in injury you know terms, because they stopped playing half of the team, even though half of the team was NBA worthy and could get on the right, court. Right. It doesn't do you any good to stock your team, you know, uh, fourteen deep if you're only going to have an eight-man right. rotation. Yeah, and I mean, Trey Wiles. Trey Wiles couldn't get on the court in the last game of the of the season. Right. And Trey Wiles was a huge part of this team. Right. Uh, but you've got to be really careful if you're going to stack your team with a bunch of talent that you're going to pl- pay. You're going to give them money, but you're not going to give them uh, playing time. Right. Especially because if you if you pay Will Barton, you need to trade Trey Wiles immediately because you're not going to have yep. money for Trey yep, Wiles. Exactly, yeah, because you already if you pay Will Barton, well, you got to get ready to pay Jamal Murray here coming up. Uh, yep. And then yeah, and so like, where do you find money for Trey Wiles this offseason? You don't unless unless you want to cut ties with Paul Millsap, which yeah, I mean it would seem. Uh, it would seem silly. Now, maybe they can work out a, a renegotiated deal where they're not paying Paul $30 million and you free up some space that way, but um, right, it's it's not, you know, nothing like that's guaranteed. You know what's interesting, though? I, I don't necessarily know that I, I hang on to Wilson Chandler at this point. I, 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 I honestly would start making calls um, because, like I said, I think he'll cost you the least to get off of his contract. Um, sure. and you could start. Granted, you're going to be de- your defense is going to be awful again this year, and I think I think they're headed that direction no matter what this year. Um, well, if they don't resign Tory Craig, they're really heading that direction. Yeah, but yeah, yeah but, I, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, you could if you get off Wilson Chandler, you could resign Wilson uh, Will Barton. You get a you also got to get off Farid for reasons we said. Now you're talking about saving some serious money. Uh, you really don't have a cap issue, and you can start Will Barton at small forward. Like I said, your defense is going to be awful. Um, but. But you could do it until, and then next year, you know, you say, okay, well, where's Michael Porter Jr. at? Now let's maybe, maybe he takes Will Barton's spot. Now he's the starter. Will Barton goes back to being that sixth man role. Um, right. I, it's like I said, it, it's tough. No, it makes sense, man. You, but you can't have right. both. Yeah, no, yeah, you so can't. You either have, have both. to, you exactly. either have to not sign Barton, or you have to get off a of Chandler, mm-hmm. and um, you also have to get off a of Reed. Mm-hmm. And if you can get off a of Darrell Arthur, that would also right. be great. Yeah. So there's you have you have a bunch of pieces that are going to have to move. Like I said, you might have to move Beasley. You might have to move Lyles because you can't re-sign Lyles next year, perhaps, right. um, when he deserves a raise. And he also deserves to get paid for being a yeah, good player. Absolutely. So you have you have draft picks in the future. You have a lot of these young players who are still on rookie deals. And I expect to pair a bunch of this stuff with some of these expirings to clear the books so you don't eat an $80 million um, you know, cap hit and so that you don't uh run out of room to for players who are actually going to play right. for you. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's uh it, it's a tough scenario. I mean, no matter where you slice it just because like you said, you can't you really can't keep both. Um and and you the thing I mean, I guess the one way you could do it is if you're like, "All right, we're going to shut down, we're going to shut down Porter, we're going to redshirt him his entire his entire first year." Um and we're going to use Malik Beasley to get off of a contract. Then you kind of carve out you carve out that same shooting guard small forward role off the bench um, for for Will Barton, but the problem is, is you probably want to re-sign Torrey Craig, uh, and so he kind of would play that same role. Obviously, he brings something totally different to the court, but he's still going to be your right. shooting guard small forward off the bench. So, uh, so then you're talking about playing Will Barton as your backup point guard, which I think we know is not. Not I keep trying to hope they don't do that. Like I said, there's a lot of decisions. The decisions that the Nuggets made during this draft were important. Right. The decisions they're going to make the rest of this free agency period and trading are just as Absolutely. vital for restructuring this offense and, and making sure that you have the right players going forward who can contribute to your team and who aren't just sitting on the bench waving towels. Absolutely. All right. Well, you know what? We are out of time here, Gordon. So we uh, we got through it. Um, Gordon is at GMoneyNugs on Twitter. I am at Zach Mikosh. Of course, follow us on at Denver Stiffs, at NBN-Radio. Uh, make sure you guys are checking out the Nothing But Net Radio app on the, or Nothing But Net Radio channel on the Dash Radio app. You can obviously get that on your phone, also play it in your car. All kinds of great NBA and WNBA-specific content, and then even cool music in between uh, team-specific shows like ours. So make sure you're checking that out. Uh, Denver Stiffs on Instagram, at the Denver Stiffs. Follow us on Facebook. Give us a like. Make sure you're checking out Brendan Vote is there every Monday answering your guys' Denver Nuggets questions only on Facebook Live. So make sure you're checking that out. 
Um, if you are listening to the podcast version of this, why don't you listen to Nothing But Net Radio for all the reasons I said. But if you are, please subscribe and leave a rating. We would appreciate it. All right, Gordon. Thanks for being on. Yeah, good times, man. And uh, today was a it was a good day with the draft this week, and uh, now we'll over some other good days soon. Some hand wringing for the free agency period. Oh yeah. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.